Welcome to Swala Nyeti, the law podcast that pairs a layman and a lawyer to answer your legal questions of the day. Swala Nyeti is sponsored by the law firm of Kigwata and Company Advocates and is intended for educational purposes only. Welcome to Fuliza Friday. As we had promised, it's the layman versus many lawyers. We are going to be discussing personal finance, considering how many people in this COVID era have been, in one way or another, in need of these personal loans. And if you have a Safaricom line in this country, you have probably, by mistake, or intentionally, fully sad. And the next time somebody sent you money, they took it all, gobbled, without even your consent. Today, I'm joined by Matthew Moindi, a commercial lawyer. Karibu sana, how are you? Thank you so much for having me today. I'm a commercial lawyer. I specialize in the area of personal finance, and I look forward to answering all our questions today on personal finance issues, including credit reference bureaus, uh, mobile digital lenders, and bankruptcy. We have a few questions, and these are the questions. Question number one. I was listed on CRB by a microfinance. On inquiry, I found out it was a loan taken out. On a fraudulently acquired number, my line was used to acquire a loan uh, without my consent. Therefore, can I sue the microfinance and telephone company for this? Microfinancial institutions play a very important role in providing financial support to individuals or even corporate bodies. Now, it is expected that an individual or even a corporate body that benefits from financial support by a microfinancial institution pays back such financial support. Failure to pay back any financial support may lead to one being listed by a microfinancial institution on a credit reference bureau. While a credit reference bureau is generally protected from liability or any legal proceedings under the law, one can still have a remedy against a credit reference bureau. However, For one to succeed, they have to establish before a court of law that the microfinancial institution and the telephony company, now in your case, acted in a way that was negligent or fraudulent in contradiction of what the law provides. Question number two. I took a loan from a mobile digital lender. It wasn't much, but the deadline for paying the loan has passed by two days and although I have promised to clear the balance in a week, the mobile money app has sent messages threatening to contact all the people in my phone contact list. Can they do this? Is it even legal? How should mobile digital lenders handle customer information? Interesting question. Mobile digital lenders are regulated under the law in Kenya. This is important because of the huge reach and accessibility that mobile digital lenders have over the traditional lenders such as banks. Under the law, mobile digital lenders can only disseminate customer information to A. The customer B. The Central Bank of Kenya, which is a regulator of mobile digital lenders, among other lenders in the country C. An interested subscriber And finally, a third party, so long as the customer consents to that Now, in your case since you've not consented to the mobile money app to share in your information, it would be a breach of the law by the mobile digital lender and the telephony company to share your customer information. And therefore, the action of the mobile digital lender and the telephony company is illegal. Question number three. 
I guaranteed a friend who took a loan from the Sako and he's recently passed away. The Sako is now asking me to pay the loan. Can they? Sakos are one of the most common ways in which most people save their money in Kenya today. Sakos also advance loans to subscribers or members. Such loans are guaranteed most of the time by other subscribers or members of the Sakos. When a person who has taken a loan from a Sako defaults on payment, the Sako has a remedy in law. This remedy includes going after the security on which the person who took the loan used to secure the loan. If the property is not enough in order to secure the loan, then the Sako can go after the guarantors of the person who took the loan. In an instance such as the one at hand, when the person who took the loan has died, the circle is supposed to go after the estate of that person, now your friend, in order to repay the loan amount. In the case where the estate of the deceased is not enough to repay the loan amount, then the circle can go after the guarantors. The meaning of this is that the first part of call for the circle is not to go after the guarantors of the loan, but to go after the property or estates of the person who acquired the loan from the circle. Question number four. My husband accumulated debts from everywhere and auctioneers are threatening to come to my house and even sell the furniture and things that I bought with my own money. Can they do that? Creditors have the right to recover debts from debtors under the law. One of the ways in which creditors can recover their debts is through auctioning the debtors' properties. These properties include both movable or immovable properties in accordance to the situation. In your circumstances, properties that you bought with your own money are taken to form part of the matrimonial properties, meaning those properties that have been purchased or acquired during the continuity of a marriage. In this case, matrimonial properties are taken to be owned by both the husband and wife and therefore can be the subject of an auction by a creditor in order for them to recover their debt. That notwithstanding, there are certain classes of property that creditors cannot sell in order to recover their debt. This properties includes the debtor's household furniture or his tools of trade. That being the case, the creditor in these circumstances cannot sell the furniture because it is property that is excluded by the law from that which a creditor can sell to recover their debts. Question number five. I need some breathing space to be able to pay my debts. If I declare bankruptcy, what are the implications? Bankruptcy occurs when one's liabilities are more than their assets. First of all, under the law, it is only a court of law that can declare one bankrupt. In your circumstances, the court will have to ascertain whether you are in a position to honor your liabilities. If not, then the court will declare you bankrupt. This means that 1. Your property will vest in a person called a bankruptcy trustee or the official receiver under the law. You will be restricted under the law on what businesses you can carry on. Again, you cannot buy for some positions. For example, you cannot buy for the position of a member of parliament or that of a governor of a county. 
Another thing to note is that if you transfer any assets two years preceding the date on which the court declares you bankrupt, then the official receiver is entitled under the law to recover such assets. In conclusion, while declaring bankruptcy has its own positive impacts, it also comes with its negative implications as we have seen. Thank you very much, Mr. Matthew Moindi, the commercial lawyer, for joining us on Fuliza Friday, Issues of Personal Finance. It was a pleasure being on the podcast. Thank you and goodbye. And on behalf of Solanyeti, thank you for coming, for joining us. And for our listeners, thank you as always. Have yourselves a lovely weekend. See you on Monday and goodbye. You have been listening to Swala Nyeti. If you have a legal question that you want answered, send us a WhatsApp message on 0708111222 or email us at admin at swalanyeti.org. You can find downloads to all our podcast episodes on our website www.swalanyeti.org.